0: We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household, all his companions. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them all and may we all be blessed. Ameen. My brothers and sisters in Islam, this morning we've just heard a beautiful rendition from the children of Fajrul islam Center here in Cape Town. And I was asking myself while seated here, What is it that we are supposed to be taking from this? Why are we here? And when I leave this hall, what is it that I'm meant to have achieved? That question or those questions are extremely important because we would have wasted our morning if we don't answer those questions. So I'll try and help you as a Muslim, answer those questions in a way that perhaps I felt was the most appropriate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. Okay, the meal, mashallah, that I think we will go away with, alhamdulillah. We're probably going to have something to eat already. Some of us have tried out the samosas and the spring rolls, mashallah. That should, inshallah, go down quite well. In fact, as soon as they came, people started talking. It shows that, wow, did you taste the samosa? Did you taste the spring roll? Woo, quite nice. Did you see the card of those caterers? It's actually on the table if you'd like more. Subhanallah. But on a more serious note, my brothers and sisters, the first thing we learn is knowledge. The importance of knowledge. Allah does not need me, but I need Allah. Allah has countless creatures that serve Him. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not need an insignificant soul like mine. But I'm the one who needs Allah for my soul to become significant. And this is something we need to think about. If I want to be a significant person, what I need to do is to know where I came from. Who made me and why did they make me? Did they make me so that I can eat every day and I can go and enjoy life and do as I want and party? Because as the youth say, YOLO. You know, you only live once, so go and do what you have to because you're never going to get another chance. So whatever you'd like to achieve, just go. The sky is the limit. The truth is, whatever you'd like to achieve, go for it on condition that it is within the limits of the one who made you. Does he want it from you? Guess why we need to ask that question. Because we are going to go back to him one day. There are so many who've already gone back, who are more powerful than us. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مِن مِن One of the several verses of the Quran where Allah says, And how many of the nations have we destroyed before them? And in another place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those nations they were better in provision, they had much more, and they were more powerful. In so many verses of the Quran, where are they today? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the Pharaoh and he asks, Do you hear him? Allah speaks about the previous nations, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Haltu minhum?" Do you feel the presence of any one of them? Or do you hear even a whisper from them? The answer is no. So why does Allah ask these questions? Because I'm also going to disappear into thin air. What that means is, I'm going to return to Allah in a way that perhaps a century or two from now, nobody will even know that I existed. So whilst I'm alive, yes... You only live this one life on earth, but there is another life that is to come that is eternal. This life is only between 60 and 70 years, and we know this from the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa If you've lived more than 70 years, believe me, you are very, very fortunate. The reason is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, The average lifespan of the members of my ummah between 60 and 70 years. If I've clocked 70, I'm fortunate because now I know I can prepare better for the day I meet with my maker. And I know now that my knees are aching and my health is failing, that I'm definitely going to beat my maker. You know, when you're young and bubbling and bursting with all these energies, what do you do with these energies? That is the test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those who use that energy during their youth in the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the hadith speaks of how they will achieve the special shade of the Day of Judgment. شاب نشأ في عبادة الله A young person whom when he was growing up or she was growing up, He used his energies and whatever Allah has blessed him or her with to obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sometimes by the time we realize the value of salah, we can no longer prostrate on the ground because our knees don't bend. Well, it's not too late to be honest with you, but there is a feeling in the heart to say, I should have done this much earlier when I could actually put my head on the ground. Ask those who read salah sitting on a chair. They will tell you, I hope and I wish That when I was younger, I would have started fulfilling my salah because today I cannot even fulfill it standing. What about us who are energetic? How do you use that energy? Let's take a look at Fajrul Islam Center and what we witnessed from the uh, various presentations that we had a little bit earlier. Take a look at young children. What did they do? Did you watch? Were you looking? Did you notice what I noticed? Little children... They started off with Surah fatiha in the English language before the Arabic. Did you notice that? I thought there was a message for us in that. And that is, make sure you understand what you're reading in the Quran. And that is what is being taught. Because little children are taught to learn the meaning of the Quran. It is much more important to know the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than to be able to recite the Arabic correctly. Although they are both very important. But if we are now to draw prioritization, if someone doesn't know the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they can read the Quran as perfectly as possible. Where will it take them? the the hadith says This Quran is going to be a witness for you or against you on the day of judgment so what you need to do don't just be a person who can recite it melodiously but understand its message so that when the Quran is brought forward on the day of judgment your name will be from amongst those names whom the Quran will take as bearing witness for and not against something quite simple But if we were only interested in melodious reading, but our dress code is wrong, our salah is wrong, adultery is being committed, we're gambling, we are on drugs, we could not be bothered, we are not even inching closer or forward towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If that's the case, the Quran will come and say, yes, this man or this woman read me and melodiously, and everyone said this and that, but they never ever practiced upon the injunctions. And guess why? Because they didn't bother. To even know what the meanings of this Qur'an were. It is the only word that we have in existence that is undisputed. The word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's the most valuable, the highest. If someone writes a bestseller, you know we've got a lot of brilliant books. Reclaim your heart for example, enjoy your life for example, don't be sad for example. I'm just mentioning some of these motivational Islamic books. And subhanallah, how many of us would be so excited, hey, get me a copy. Hey, there's cheap copies, they're going at half price. Let's buy five, we'll give gifts to people. Beautiful. I have also purchased some of these books to give my friends as gifts, or families that I know, or people on an occasion of a wedding. What about the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? We're not saying it's wrong to read motivational books, but the question is, how much importance have you given the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That's the question. Because if I did not read any motivational book, but I just read the Quran with the correct heart, it would motivate me much more. Take a look at Umar ibn Khattab anh. Take a look at the Najashi. Take a look at the others whom, when a few verses were recited, they were motivated to the degree that their lives changed. The heart having, having been so dark that it could not see the light, it, the heart of the one who wanted to kill the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa Was softened up by the first four verses of surah Taha Taha ma anzalna alayka alqur'ana litashfa illa tadhkiratan liman yakhshatan And a mountain crumbled. Umar ibn Khattab, why? an he became known as immediately after those tears. He became known as Rabdiallahuan. Today it is an insult to say Umar without saying Radiallahu An. Yet he was a man whose journey started with wanting to go and assassinate the most blessed of the creatures of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because he had the correct heart when he looked at the Quran. He tried to understand it and he tried to look into what was being said. And that moved him the first few verses with us. Wallahi, we've read what we call in this part of the world Khatam. You know the Khatam? They call it a Khatma. And I think in most parts of the world, completion of the Quran. We will sit, we will attend, we will read, we complete one Mus'haf, two Mus'haf, three Mus'haf, four Mus'haf. Not one or two verses. Those people, two verses move their whole life. Four verses change them. With us, four times we've completed the entire Qur'an. We still have no courage to put a scarf on our heads otherwise. We still have no courage to get up for Salatul Fajr. But someone will say, did you complete that khatam? Yes, I did. Oh, excellent. But you didn't get up for Fajr. What was more important? Wallahi, to get up for your Salatul Fajr is far more important. But you will only do that if you know the message of Allah. Notice we speak of Salatul Fajr. And this is Fajrul Islam center that we're at. To be honest, it is the beginning of a new dawn for us. Let us leave as we heard the sister say moments ago. May Allah bless her and grant her goodness. Wallahi, when we leave here, we must start rejuvenated. We must make sure we've come here. We've watched little children who are being trained regarding the meaning, the correct meaning of the Qur'an. And together with that, the recitation. Like I said, we, we, nobody should leave here saying, today we heard a talk saying it's not important to recite the Qur'an. No way. It is extremely important. But we are trying to say, if you do not know how to read the Qur'an so well as in recitation, but you adopt its meaning and what it requires of you, you are a far better Muslim than one who melodiously recites it, but is far from the deed. And this is why it hurts my heart to hear that a the Qur'an is in the nightclub. And we're hearing it more and more. A the Qur'an is on drugs. It hurts us more because they have the Qur'an in the heart. But the problem is they perhaps did not make an effort to learn its meaning. That's what it is. I was trying to diagnose, when people tell me, no, this person's a hafid, but they are here. And that person, and obviously they're telling us so that we can help. They're not telling us out of ghibah and bite it, But they're telling us, please, we need help. We need assistance. The person's a hafid, and this is what's going on. They look up to you. Can you talk to them? And you end up talking to them, and you end up finding out that, you know what? The, the deficiency is vitamin you. They don't have an understanding. That's what it is. No understanding of the Quran. So if you tell him to read, you will cry. But he won't. Look at the young boy who read for us Surah an Naba a few minutes ago. Wallahi, as young as he was, he couldn't go forward because Allah is mentioning the punishment of those who disbelieve and the punishment of those who have turned away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A youngster from Philippi. If I pronounce it correctly, I think it's Philippi. Am I right? A youngster from Philippi. Allahu Akbar what happened? He's busy crying in front of us and it was nothing to do with stage fight or anything. It was because of the meaning. And we are sitting 40 years old and beyond. And we've never cried with the meaning of the Quran. Allahu Akbar. Why? Because, well, instead of saying why, let me tell you Allah's blessed you by letting you witness this occasion today so that you can make the intention to change I'm going to make an effort to learn the Quran, to understand its meaning. Do not be conned by those who tell you it's haram to look at the meanings of the Quran. Remember this. Don't be conned. Yes, if there are questions that arise, you must ask those who are qualified to answer you. But to go through the meaning and the translations, nothing wrong. In fact, it's your duty. In your grave, you are answerable to the maker who sent you a book. Could you have been bothered to look into the deeper meanings of that book? Imagine, I have one lifetime, okay? My lifetime is perhaps 70 years if I'm of average, perhaps. May Allah grant us a good lifespan. May He be pleased with us when He takes us away, even if He takes us away later today. Allahu Akbar. A person who has had a good death is he or she, whom Allah is pleased with, no matter how they die. That was besides the point. If Allah is happy with you, brilliant. If Allah is displeased with you, even if you just died in your sleep without any feeling, you failed. So, I've got a lifespan. How can I have lived that entire life without having gone through the document that was sent to me to tell me why I was made? So I I lived 70 years without knowing why I was living the 70 years. Foolish. So one might ask you, well, how do you know the meaning? How do you know why you were living 70 years? Well, like I said, the only book that has been confirmed, unchanged from the time it was revealed is the Qur'an. Any other scripture that is available today is confirmed, contaminated by its own followers. Confirmed. They'll tell you, oh, there's a discrepancy in this, there's a discrepancy in that. The Qur'an, the Muslimin won't say there's a discrepancy. They might say, look, the translation, one might translate it this way, and one might translate it slightly this way. Believe me, they all have correctness in them. But the Arabic language, the language in which it was related, meaning revealed, completely accurate, no difference. So, I have such a blessed gift, it's about time I started reading it. Subhanallah. Now, I need to make an intention to learn. If I don't learn, like I said, Allah does not need me. Allah has others who are taking it much more seriously. This is why Allah's blessed us with wealth. He's blessed us with homes and families and so much, so many blessings of His, so much so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you are to count the gifts of Allah upon you you will never be able to do that you won't ever be able to circumscribe the gifts of Allah upon you or jot them all down and encompass them in terms of writing them down you'll never be able to do that it's a challenge from Allah but what does man do Man utilizes the gift of Allah to transgress against Allah. You've got good looks, the most pretty, the most beautiful, the most handsome. And you use those looks that Allah blessed you with as a gift. He's given you something He hasn't given others. And you use that to lure someone in the wrong way. Allah, Akbar. Imagine, imagine. Allah's given you a mind. He's given you wealth. Others are crying. They don't have food. People are dying of hunger. He's given you that wealth. And you use the wealth to gamble, to commit adultery, or to go out to various places that are wrong, and to use to, to do wrong things with the wealth. And Allah's blessed you with the wealth. Others are crying for a single cent. Allahu Akbar. How can we use the gifts of Allah to transgress? My brothers and sisters, I can go further. Very emotional. I have come across people who cannot see, who have learnt the Quran and memorized it. They cannot see. But they've learned it through listening, audio, CDs. They struggled. They heard it 500 times. And now they know it proper. And they struggled over a period of 5 years, 10 years. They know the Quran. They made an effort. What about us who've got eyes? We can see without glasses or contact lenses. The only contact lenses we would have are perhaps colors to match our shoes. That's what's happening today. And we've never used those eyes to try to read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today we're so fortunate, we've got ears, we can hear. You just plug in your earphones and guess what? You On your phone, you no longer have to press buttons. You just touch a screen. That's all you do. And what happens? Subhanallah, you can listen to whom you want, motivating you on the topic that you choose, and yet we're not motivated. Or let's say we can do better. Subhanallah, you know you might be sitting there thinking, well I am motivated, okay but I can do better, so can you, we can all do better. This is the help of Allah, but the help of Allah does not come to those who are not looking for it, who are not searching for it, who are not trying to achieve it. Allah says, (laughs) وَالَّذِينَ جَاهَدُوا فِينا لَنَهْدِيَنَّهُمْ سُبُلَنَا Who are those whom Allah guides? He guides those who are looking for the guidance. Those who are searching for it. Those who struggle and strive to find Allah. Allah says, we open our doors, the doors of guidance. The doors that reach to us, we open them for that particular person. Let's be from amongst those. My brothers and sisters, I need to make sure that I learn. Because Allah says, وَإِن يَسْتَبْدِلْ ثُمَّ If you are going to turn away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if you don't want to do what you have to, Allah says, He will replace you with others who want to do what they have to. Why should I be replaced? Why? I really need to wake up and smell the coffee. Subhanallah. I really, I need to do more because life is so short. Whilst I'm busy working, I must not lose focus of the Akhirah. The minute I close my eyes, my money is no longer mine. The money I have, but the money I spent, it goes down next to my name. How did you spend it? I spent it on a good cause or or in a good cause. And what would happen is, I would be able to see the fruits of that money. That I used in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Or even on something that was valuable Meaning something correct, upright But if I just left it and amassed it What would happen? Before I am buried My children are already fighting each other As to who should get what share And sometimes they would stop talking to each other forever Just because of a hundred thousand rands Allahu Akbar And it has happened and when I was alive, had I spent all that money and left nothing for them, perhaps they would have been more united. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. Today, let me be honest. We pull out the gloves and I can tell you something. We are more worried about leaving behind generations who can fend or who can fend for themselves in the sense that Today if I am to earn, a lot of the times and I've asked people, why are you earning? Oh, for my children. Why have you amassed? Why did you buy the property? So that my kids can have. You know, when I die, I want them to have a comfortable life. My brother, have you ever thought of having a comfortable life after death for yourself? That's the question. We are more worried about building a life for those who might not even live beyond ours. Subhanallah. And in the interim, we forget our own. I'm not saying don't leave your, your children, you know, on, on a good footing, so to speak. The hadith of Sa'id ibn Abi Waqqas is quite clear. إِنَّكَ وَرَثَتَكَ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ عَالَةً يَتَكَفَّفُونَ النَّاسِ The hadith says, for you to leave your heirs wealthy is better than to leave them poor begging from people. But do not lose focus. That you need to prepare for your grave more desperately than they need to prepare for the rest of their lives. Subhanallah. I need to prepare for my grave. How am I going to do that? I will do that if I understand what the grave is all about. And where do I get it from? The Qur'an. The sunnah of Muhammad But I never ever made an effort to learn it. I never ever made an effort to learn this Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. This is why in the Qur'an there are some warnings. You know, there's good news obviously to those who obey, may Allah make us from them. But there are warnings as well. And some of these warnings are very scary. Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, regarding the people of hellfire and regarding the people who will be the losers on the day of judgment. And Allah says, الَّذِينَ اتَّخَذُوا دِينَهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Those who did not take their religion seriously Those who did not take their belief in Allah seriously Those who took it as an amusement and a pastime Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Those who allowed the world to deceive them Those who lost focus upon the akhirah By becoming engrossed in the worldly life, Allah says, on this day, we will forget them in the same way they have forgotten us in the past. We forget Allah, Allah says, a day will come when I forget you. And we're going to need it desperately. Do you know, if you go for hajj, or if you're going to any office that has a long queue, for example, and you're standing in the queue waiting for your turn, your turn to be served. And you see someone who's serving, who knows you. Whoa. How excited do you get? I'm gonna save myself two hours. And you make a little bit of a noise. So you say, hey, You know, you want to attract their attention. <coughs> 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 it's me, you know. And you, when they come to greet you, you'd love it if they told you, "Well, if they told you, Assalamu alaikum, don't worry, your turn will come in about two and a half hours. You say, what a friend. <laughs> what a friend. But if they say, Assalamu alaikum, oh, what are you doing in the queue? Come, come, come. You know, and they hold your hand and they take you and you're like, oh. Thank you, thank you. You know? How do you think you feel? You feel so happy. You feel so excited. Do you know? It's only if you have a relationship with someone that that will happen. The same thing will happen on the Day of Judgment, but only to those who have a relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you know Allah in the dunya, He will know you in the akhirah and in the dunya. Subhanallah. When you help others and reach out to them in this world, Allah will reach out to you in the akhirah. The problem with us is, we expect Allah to treat us like a VIP, but we treat him by the way. Really. When Allah asks us subhanahu wa ta'ala, something minor, you know, just the dress code for example, salah for example, you know, calling out to Allah alone, protecting yourself from sin, inching towards Allah. Notice my wording, inching towards Allah, which means slowly moving towards Allah is a very good start. Brilliant You know if someone has Started reading three salah After they only used to make two Believe me it's a huge achievement They haven't got to what is supposed to be But at least they have started It's something Allah knows your intention But there's no point in saying Make dua for me And this is what happens a lot of the times You know I have some relatives Subhanallah Some perhaps distant family And friends Sometimes you know They know they have bad habits And they meet you And they know you know That they have bad habits And they say Brother make dua for me Make dua. You know, or sometimes your sister will say, make dua for me, make dua for me. But I've been making dua for you for the last 10 years. It's about time you do something now. Come on, man. May Allah protect us. Imagine food there. And we say, oh, make dua, it goes into my mouth. Make dua, it goes into my mouth. No way. We don't need anyone to make that dua. Because why? The hand is already there. I've eaten it before you thought of your dua. By the time you say, Bismillah, I'm saying, Alhamdulillah, MashaAllah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us So the important thing is To have the knowledge And to work upon it It's not good enough To just have all the knowledge in the world But you work upon it. If you don't work upon the knowledge You don't practice upon what you've learned, There will be others who are practicing And believe me Having been granted the opportunity By Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala To have traveled to a lot of countries on the globe I see people sometimes And I weep without a joke I think we are so fortunate sitting in a country, Mashallah. we've got peace, we've got food, we've got good weather, we've got, you know, so much in terms of blessing. We've got a home, we've got... And yet we are far from Allah sometimes. And there are others who've got absolutely nothing and they are so close, like we heard moments ago. Some of these children, their parents are non-Muslim. Come time for Salatul Asr. No one needs to tell them. Didn't you hear that being told to us a few moments ago? I don't know if you were listening. No one needs to tell them it's time for Salatul Asr. No one is there to tell them sometimes. But they're reading the Salatul Asr. What about us? Our children are the most difficult to get up for Salatul Fajr. It's like, it's like Shaytan knows which address to go to. Allahu Akbar. These guys, yeah, they're, they're Muslims. Okay, go there. So they, so you're getting up your daughter. But mom, it's still late. It's still quite long left for school. But I'm getting you up for Salatul Fajr worse than that is the mother who says no don't worry you sleep it's not yet school time Allahu Akbar we forgot about Salatul Fajr we get up our kids for school and we get up for work what about the work that's going to take you to the akhirah you got up at 7 o'clock so that you could earn a salary that you could buy a BMW with that could take you from point A to point B but you couldn't get up one hour earlier to get that burak of yours that would take you to paradise Allahu Akbar may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us One hour earlier, not even. Sometimes, wallahi, it's five minutes. It's ten minutes. But this is the thing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And this is where the deen comes in. My brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made it our duty to convey the message of Islam. Do you know that? It's our duty to convey. Have you ever thought of it? And this is one thing I'd like you to take back with you today. Think about it throughout the day. It is my duty to convey the message of Islam to as many people as possible. It's your duty, Allah is going to ask you and He's going to ask me. How am I going to convey a message when I don't know the message? I've got no clue what Allah is saying. People will ask me, what do you believe about Jesus? And I say, something different from you, that's it. Or I don't know, the other day someone was saying, but you know, Jesus did die for for the sins. And I said, what, just stop there, did He die? That's a question. But that's what we heard from the other guys. They also look like Muslims. Wow. Allahu Akbar. May Allah forgive us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. Jesus may peace be upon him. Did not die. Allahu Akbar. He was raised by Allah before they could harm him. And that's what we believe. And the Quran confirms it. Subhanallah. But we need to know it. So how am I going to propagate when I don't know? And when I know and I propagate, the crisis we face, ask the reverts, mostly they are stronger than those who are born Muslim. And ask the reverts, do you know what they will tell you? They will tell you, I doubted, not Islam, but the Muslims. Allah akbar I know of, one of the famous reverts, I'm sure you've, you've heard his name, Yusuf Islam, he was known as Cat Stevens before. And in one of the talks, Or someone was actually narrating what he said, and they said that he said, and I agree with this, that I'm so thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I met Islam before I met Muslims. Allahu Akbar. I met Islam before I met Muslims. So the embarrassment is, myself, I'm an embarrassment because if people meet me and want to run away from Islam... Then I'm the one who's the hurdle. Instead of me inviting them, I'm chasing them away. Today the Muslims sometimes are the most barbaric. They're the people who are the most intolerant. They have this interpretation of some of the deen that would result in them believing that you need to just kill anyone and everyone you see who doesn't agree with you. And they call that Islam. Subhanallah, billah, may Allah safeguard us. The reason is we haven't made an effort to learn the true meanings of the Quran, the message of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. We haven't sat with the scholars of Islam to try and understand the proper understanding of the Deen, the proper meanings. What I am supposed to do? Subhanallah. How can I be an embarrassment? How can I be a block for people to enter the Deen or from people entering the Deen? Instead I should be such That when someone just looks at me They see happiness They see peace They see contentment Even if I'm struggling They see that I'm happy I'm happy with the decree of Allah You know May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Help us through our lives And through our difficulties But may we really be From amongst those whom When people just look at us They feel this sense of ease And they want to enter into the fold of Islam So this is why we say, my brothers and sisters, as our duty to propagate the message, we need to learn it, put it into practice. If you've only learned it and haven't put it into practice, your propagation is going to be faulty. And if you've learned it and put it into practice, inshallah, it will be very easy. Without even talking, perhaps, people will understand the deen and they will want to enter into it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Uh, I want to also speak about something very important and that is, my brothers and sisters, every one of us is gifted by Allah. Everyone is gifted. You have a gift without a doubt. What that gift is, sometimes you might not even know yourself. You are blessed in a way that others are not blessed. You have some unique thing about yourself that others perhaps do not have. And some might share it with you, but you have something grand and great that you need to be proud of. Sometimes we don't know what it is. You know, we're good at certain things that might be your gift. Some of us are blessed with time, there's lots of blessing in our time We can get things done in a few minutes You know when you have a helping hand in the home Sometimes you find someone will help you through the day And they've achieved nothing And another would help you For two hours of the morning And all the work is done That's a blessing It's a gift of Allah Perhaps they say they are Bismillah With a bit more sincerity May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Help us to say Bismillah in the first place Allahu Akbar So your gift Use it to serve the deen You have wealth you need to use the wealth in the cause of the deed. Not only your compulsory charities known as the zakat. Not only that. Something from you, from your pocket. Allah does not need to tell you, Okay, this is compulsory. So, so now that's the only reason why you give it. No. You need to give voluntary as well. Spend from your wealth. Support a good cause so your name will be written when success is written for that cause. For example, we have Fajr islam Center. You've seen the work they're doing. Now, if you do not have the time, perhaps you have the wealth. So you need to support somehow. If you don't have the wealth, perhaps you have the time. If you don't have the wealth and the time, perhaps you can offer your services... at at some very reasonable rate or perhaps the rate would be between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I have something to offer I'd like to meet up with the orphans once in a while and give them a bit of counseling I'm a counselor I'd like to assist this and that perhaps they could expand because of your help may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the understanding may He make us from those who can assist in the cause of the deen in every way possible remember the fruit That the tree sown with sincerity bears is greater in quantity and quality. Remember this. If you have sincerity and you do something, the tree that will then bear fruit out of that, that fruit would definitely be sweeter, better, greater in quality and quantity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. These are a few words that I've decided to share with you. A little bit of motivation. For myself to begin with, and I hope that I can do much more than I am to learn, to put into practice and to convey, to convey in a way that people really feel that whatever you've said comes from the heart because it should be and goes straight to the heart. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless the Institute, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all, and thank you so much for lending me this ear and listening so attentively. Aku ala rahmatullahi wa